have dented or tarnished or sullied the outer person that you are. Your flesh may have been hit and scars may remain. God hasn't changed his mind about you. He still longs to be in relationship with you. He still has a good plan and purpose for you. The key to not only moving on, but moving up is this. God has a process for your perfection. God's process is directed toward your having, doing, and being everything God says you can have, do, and be. God's process is presented to us in God's Word, and it is a process available to every person who will seek to discover it, embrace it, and persevere in it. For most people, the recognition of God's process begins at a point of pain or difficulty. In anguish and devastation, a person wants to move on, but she doesn't know how. And she wants to move up. She senses there is more but she doesn't know where to find it. She wants out of the current circumstances, and especially out of the current pain, but she is unsure which direction to move or where to turn. She knows that she did not intend her life story to contain certain chapters that life has been writing. She does not know how to place the chapter or life event that she struggles to accept, much less understand the whys of, in context with the overall story. I understand. I have been there. That's what this audiobook is all about. It's about aligning your life with God's processes so you can experience God's perfection and in experiencing the fullness of God's plan, experience all that will give you meaning and purpose. I am not saying I have arrived. It is a continual journey. However, I do know something about being processed and learning to stay in position for the purpose of God. I invite you to the process and to the fulfillment of your life. As you find this fulfillment, you may be shaken, but you will always stand in victory. You will move on, and you will move up. Moving on. I know what it feels like to be engulfed in a painful past and not know how to move forward in a positive way. I lived a wonderful life as a little girl. My father was my superhero. Every morning, Daddy took me to breakfast and let me order whatever I wanted. And just to make it extra special, he drew a smiley face on my pancakes with syrup. After breakfast, we would go to the country club where Daddy and his friends laughed and drank heartily, played cards, and gambled in smoke-filled rooms. I had the run of the club and created all kinds of mischief, but I was Daddy's girl, so nobody stopped me. From the club, we'd often go to the toy store my parents owned and my mother managed. I'd scoop up all the toys I could hold, and Mom would say I couldn't keep them, but Daddy always said I could. And Daddy always won. Sometimes he'd even take me to the park after that, and then we'd end up back at the house, watching our favorite TV shows, drinking V8 juice together, and resting on the couch. I felt like the luckiest girl in the world. Then the horrible night came when my father showed up at our front door drunk and demanded that I be handed over to him. My mother refused, and they literally had a tug-of-war fight, each of them holding one of my arms. Daddy slammed mother's head against the wall with brutal force, and in the end, the police came and took Daddy away. He was released from their custody sometime later, but before the night was over, my father had killed himself just as he had vowed to do if he couldn't have me with him. For decades, my little girl reactions to Daddy's suicide echoed through my mind. 
How do I wake up from this nightmare? All I want is to be held and cuddled, feel safe and be loved. Nothing added up. If Daddy loved me, how could he leave me? What about me was so unlovable? After Daddy died, our situation changed dramatically. My father's wealthy family took over all the family businesses and left my mother without employment. Mother worked long hours to support my older brother and me, and I hardly ever saw her. She arranged for a lot of babysitters, teenage girls and boys from the neighborhood. They were supposed to take care of me, but I was just six years old when a babysitter I trusted violated me. Over the weeks and years that followed, it happened over and over. I'd run and hide for hours afterward thinking about what a bad girl I must be. I'd take long baths to try to get clean again, and I'd cry as I sat in the bathtub pleading with the world. Will someone...